All right, guys, before we jump into an exciting show, can't wait to talk about talk to Mace about what went down in Minnesota today. We got to tell you about Strava Craft Coffee. Strava Craft Coffee is throwing out an insane deal right now. 25% off your first purchase. When you use the code DNVR25, that is a quarter of your purchase for free. You could buy four bags and you'll end up getting one of them free. It is an awesome deal. So make sure you check them out. And then once you decide you love their CBD-infused coffee, you can have it sent to your door every two, four, six, or eight weeks when you use the code. Uh, you don't even need a code. You'll just sign up for a subscription, and you'll have it sent straight to your door. But you'll continue to get a great deal even without the code. You'll get 25, 20% off every single time they send it down to you. So 20% off when you use the subscription, 25% off when you use the code DNVR25. Check out Strava Craft Coffee. Welcome in to the DNVR Broncos podcast presented by MSU Denver Online. MSU Denver Online is the place to go if you want to get an education while working a full-time job. There we are. And uh, there is plenty of different courses and paths you can take down at MSU Denver. So check them out. Uh, get in on MSU Denver and and uh, scope out what they have to do at msudenver.edu slash online. My boys, what's up? The three of us are back together. Mace, what is going on from Minnesota? I missed you guys. This is great to see you guys again. It's I've been uh, all over the Midwest here the last few days. But uh, what's going on is probably the start of uh, possibly the three most important days of Broncos training camp. Of course, these two joint practices with the Vikings and then the preseason game on Saturday. Other preseason games will follow. But if you're looking for a moment where maybe, hopefully, we start to get some clarity at quarterback, you're hoping it comes this week, although I would say it didn't really come today. I just have to say before we get started, uh, the the chat got going uh, nice and early here, and uh, they were cracking me up. Uh, someone asked yeah. why we we're late. Someone said RK's grabbing too many seltzers on ice. That's um, what he was doing. I mean, yeah. I'm not going to lie to the people. I was trying to rein you in. This is the only Easy. thing I have on ice, just water. And oh. that, well, I mean, you, you got it conveniently hidden in a, in a, in a can that we can't see through. Who knows? Yeah, that's true. I mean, I could just be packed. Maybe I'm just doing that all the time. Just seltzers <laughs> in my water bottle. That is your water is carbonated alcoholic water. Exactly. Uh, I mean, that's got to hydrate you, right? <laughs> I wouldn't try that. Okay. All right. Fair. Uh, but we've got plenty to get to here. I just wanted to give a shout out to the comments because they're already popping. So thanks to everyone who's rolling with us. Uh, but let's get into it. Mace, you were there. One of, a, I would say, a select few in the Denver media who got to take in all of practice today. Mm-hmm. And uh, the people are chomping at the bit to hear what you had to see. Yeah, it's uh, there were 25 of us in 2M that were in there today. 
And uh, you know what? I know we can bring it to the quarterbacks here, but I think this that I'm going to bring up is connected to the quarterbacks. Not a good day for the Broncos offensive line. Not a good day in pass protection. The Vikings, an above average D line, and for most of the practice, really seem to have their way with the Broncos, and especially coming up the middle. And just you saw pressure after pressure after pressure. And it's a little bit concerning. Yes, the Vikings do have a good D-line, but it's a little bit concerning to see the amount of pressure generated on the Broncos quarterbacks. And you can even kind of go through some good plays like when Teddy Bridgewater in move the ball hit Jerry Judy for a 51-yard touchdown. It's a play that's well and good, but also you had a rusher coming free up the A-gap and he stops, and then Teddy throws the ball. So even that you have to take with a grain of salt. There was one play where Calvin Anderson was beaten around the edge, and the rusher holds up again. If it's a game situation, Drew was was cocking back to throw, and that had a real good chance of being a strip sack if it had been in a game situation. So a lot of pressure, and and I think honest, and I think also that's why in the arc of the day. Teddy did better than Drew because Teddy is still the more proficient quarterback when pressure is mounted at this point in his development. Well, I hate to hear that, Mace. And, you know, RK and I really started talking about this, I believe, on Sunday's pod uh, after the scrimmage. And we did bring up that, that this is a bit of a concern, specifically the interior of the offensive line, which was a place you hope the Broncos didn't have to spend or didn't have to worry about after using a third round pick last year. Now you don't have a rookie at center. You're paying Graham Glasgow a ton of money. And then at left guard, you have Dalton Reisner, a guy that you hoped last year was maybe going to be a pro bowler and obviously took a step back. You're hoping to see that jump this year. And that's something that we're not just seeing today and during the scrimmage. Mm -hmm. We've seen concerns from the interior of the offensive line really all throughout camp. And now that it's happening against, you know, other people than Shelby Harris and Draymond Jones, that that's very concerning. And that's not good for Drew's development. And that's going to be tough for whatever quarterbacks back there. Yeah. And you're also seeing false starts as well. I know that that was a problem last week. Yeah. We're still seeing false starts. Uh, Quinn Miners, there's something going on snap-wise with both quarterbacks because you're still seeing snap center snap issues as well. And certainly Miners, he's the second teamer, so hopefully you're not relying on him to play a lot. But also, you look on the first team, not the same snap issues with Lloyd Cushenberry, but you're seeing some interior pressure. And there were a couple of plays where you saw pressure break down the pocket, and it was at Cushenberry's expense. So it's basically starting from the, the woes are starting from the inside out right now. Yeah, don't I'm get me started wondering. again. I actually didn't even get to uh, false start penalties during my long-winded rant after <laughs> Friday's practice, and that was uh, that was in my notebook. I just didn't uh, I didn't end up getting to it. And and what 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 makes me think next is okay. When do they pull the plug and move Glasgow to center and then bring in Natani Muti? We know that they really want to bring Muti in. In fact, they're already starting to bring him in. Wouldn't be surprised if we see that tomorrow in the joint practice or even uh, during the game on Saturday. And then doesn't Glasgow make the most sense because Quinn Minerts isn't there yet. He's not ready for it yet. And Glasgow, boy, if you're having problems with with pressure and and snapping, that's a guy that you would trust certainly more than Miners. Well, the other, uh, yeah, 
Yeah, the other guy who's there is Brett Jones, who they signed early in camp, and he started 19 games in his career, and he was a backup with the Vikings the last three years, and George Payton brought him in. So there's the other guy who could be in the mix as well. If they if they want to have the least disruption and just say we're going to go with a, a guy who's got a little more experience, maybe they put Brett Jones in there if they don't think they're getting the growth necessary from Cushenberry and Quinn Miners. Well, Ryan, you said you said it's too late, and uh, I disagree with that because is it too late to do it now with three preseason games? Or probably, you know, realistically make the switch after one preseason game. So two preseason games, you still have three weeks before the regular season, or do you do it week two after your centers just really struggled and and, and your guard has struggled as well? So it's not too late in that sense. I think it's too late in the eyes of coaches who took all the time, they watched all the film, they took all the available information and said, this is our best five. And I just think that they're going to use that to kind of convince themselves, hey, we got to keep, we got to give it a chance. Doing, you know, offensive line takes time. You need chemistry. So in their eyes, it's like, um, it's kind of like, you know, if you're walking around a lake and you're 60% away around the lake, and you say, like, oh, man, I'm getting tired. Should we turn back? It's like, no, we have to go that way to get back to the to the beginning of the circle. That's kind of where – jump I, in and swim. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's what they probably should do. But I, I, I think in the coach's eyes they're going to say, like, we've already made it 60% away around. we got to yeah. just finish the, finish the lap. That's fair. And and that's kind of a, a coach mind, isn't it? You know, not, yeah. not do the thing mm-hmm. that, that will derail you. So I totally see that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, and, and that's maybe the best thing to go about. There's there's one comment I'm seeing really quick here from Jay Queasy. He says, the Broncos were not prepared. Their training camp is soft and half speed. Vikings going hard. You know what? Energy wasn't the issue today for the Broncos. Good. good. That, Last that, time they had joint practice, it was. Exactly. And I think because of that with the Niners two years ago, that was something I was really concerned about coming in. It didn't come to pass at all. This was a, The issues were execution-based on the offensive side, not energy. And then obviously because of the quarterback competition, you're focused more on that. So you're kind of only taking cursory glances at what's going on on the Broncos defense versus Vikings offense field. But there wasn't a lot of room to roam for the Vikings. And I think it was very telling. And it sort of was the first indicator of the, the work that the Broncos were doing on the defensive side. You didn't hear that crowd cheering very much. Those Vikings fans sitting in the bleachers on the hillside didn't have much to cheer about because the Broncos on that field defensively, they did bring it. And yep. that is, if you're looking for a positive sign today, it is that against a Vikings offense that is a little bit clunky because of Kirk Cousins missing some time. Uh, according to some reporters around here, Cousins has not had a very good camp even when he has been available But the Broncos' defense brought a lot of pressure. I know there have been some clips out there on social media showing just how much pressure you're seeing from up front from the Broncos. So intensity wasn't an issue today. It was an execution thing. Yeah, I've actually been – Oh, go ahead. (laughs) Uh, I was going to say, Mason, I mean, it honestly sounds like an ideal practice for Vic Fangio with Teddy as his quarterback today. And now Vic just watched the defense, so he said he needs to go back and watch the offense. Shocker that Vic only watched the defense, but the defense dominated, and Teddy didn't turn the ball over. I mean, come on, doesn't that make Vic Fangio smile? Isn't he Isn't he seeing, ah, this is the type of defense in football I want to play? Maybe, but he wants to run the ball better. 
veteran. The Broncos did not run the ball effectively until toward the end of practice because the O-line was having the issues in the first, the first couple of team period rounds. There weren't holes for Mike Boone and Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon. Now, toward the end of practice, you started seeing those things open up, and you were eight, and you saw Javante get a nice hole and capitalize. Same thing happened for Boone. Same thing happened for Melvin Gordon. But it took a while before the you know we're talking about run game, minim, minimize risk and defense. It took a while today before the run game got to where. You were comfortable with that. That being said, I want to ask you guys this. I've been thinking about this for the last couple of hours since Vic had his press conference and said, oh, I'm going to watch the offense on film. Can't he leave the defense for a day to Ed Donatel? <laughs> yes. I mean, doesn't he trust Ed at this point? Because the honestly, guys, the defense is at a point they're where they're fine. I, I, I don't necessarily want to see Von Miller, Bradley Chubb, Justin Simmons, Kyle Fuller, Bryce Callahan playing preseason reps. I want them ready for the regular season. I don't want them running the risk of injury. I think the defense is a good enough shape, but I want, I think Vic maybe needs to watch the offense a little bit because that's right now the piston that isn't quite firing. Yeah, it's like he's sitting there watering a perfectly beautiful plant while there's another one drying up and wilting right next to it. That's um, a brilliant analogy. And, Spot on. And, 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 and how about this to throw it on there? Because, Mesa, I was thinking the same thing, and I thought, wait, wait, wait. Who's the one making the decision who the starting quarterback is? Oh, that's right. It's Vic Fangio, and he's he's not watching the quarterbacks. Now, well, I mean, I know he's probably going to get 99% uh, of, of what happened at practice through the film today, and it's not really going to be a concern. But just, like, optics-wise, it, yeah. it's bizarre. Yeah, it I is. mean, you might get a better view from the film anyway, honestly. Um, but it, should, it is bizarre. A um, couple things I want to point out. I'm going to spin up some sunshine here um, because a, a lot of the conversation around the Broncos, if you're trying to be optimistic right now, is the defense is going to be so good that it doesn't necessarily matter how good the quarterback is. And if you take today's practice as your sample size, well, you might end up coming feeling good about this. Now, I'm reading tweets from uh, Arif Hassan, who covers mm-hmm. the uh, the Vikings and – he he's had some funny tweets out there today. Um, first of all, he said he thought Locke looked better than Bridgewater. I don't know how much of the practice he watched. He also said, I don't think it's a bad take if any Denver media liked uh, Bridgewater better. But he was actually to- standing with us, most of the Denver media. Like he was, I, I was, I talked with him for a little bit during the practice, and I know he was standing next to Benjamin Albright as well for a while and talking with him. So yeah, he was actually on the hillside overlooking the Broncos' offense field. But here's where it gets good. Someone tweeted, I sure effing hope Locke didn't look better than Kirk. And he quote tweeted that person and said, bad news then. Yeah. So oh, if the Broncos defense can make quarterbacks look that bad, because mm-hmm. if you went into what a game and you said, who has, well, I'm just saying, <laughs> if you went into a game, and you said, who has a better quarterback, the Broncos with Drew Locke or the Vikings with Kirk Cousins, you would obviously take Kirk Cousins. But you take the $30 million quarterback. Yeah. Yes. If the question is actually who looks better. Kirk Cousins against the Broncos defense or Drew Locke against the Vikings defense. And it happened to be the answer turned out today, according to Arif, uh, that it was Locke. Well, then that's all that matters in the end, right? Yeah, it, it, exactly. <laughs> Presumably. But at the same time, I think back also to there was a half the game a couple of years ago here in Minneapolis when the Broncos defense did make Kirk Cousins look bad. Now, 
the thing that the thing that happened in the second half was he went deep, and of course he was throwing at cornerbacks that had Chris Harris Jr. but didn't include Bryce Callahan, for example. And you had Devontae Harris playing an awful lot that game, and he picked at him. So what I'm saying is that what happened two years ago when Cousins did get it going late, that's not going to happen against a cornerback core that is Kyle Fuller, Ronald Darby, Bryce Callahan, Pat Sertan. And that's yep. what's really ex- that is what excites you here is that now it's is that it is the it is the Russian cover combination that you all that you want to have the way and and Sertan I'm sure you guys saw some of the clips of Pat on social media today he was a beast out there yeah, that's- tremendous. I mean that that that's what they drafted him for, right? And, and yeah. all the controversy surrounding quarterback or not, it, the, the, there's no question in my mind that he's not just going to have a great rookie season, but that he's going to be an All Pro someday. And uh, you got to see him, and we we've seen him have success going up against great receivers. The Broncos have, and we saw him just absolutely shut down some Vikings receivers today. Although mm-hmm. Justin Jefferson isn't out there, he's still right. doing it against other you know first team guys. Yeah, and he's got everything going for him that Chris Harris Jr. didn't have going for him in terms of getting recognition. Um, Chris, obviously undrafted guy out of Kansas. No one's ever heard of him until he's out there clamping people down. Even then, doesn't get a lot of recognition. Well, Pat Sertan's already got all of like the big like BR, Gridiron, and PFF, and everyone's tweeting out his highlights because everyone knows his name from Alabama. He's yeah. a top 10 pick. He's got all of those things, and, and you mentioned him being an all-pro. Like, all he has to do now is play great. And that's easier said than done, obviously, but we all expect him to do so. But he kind of has the hype machine behind him, just in the same way that Jerry Judy does. Like, everyone is just waiting for Jerry Judy to blow up. Um, it, it's not going to surprise anyone. It's not going to catch anyone off guard. There's, no, there's not going to be any question of whether he's getting enough recognition. Um, and that's exciting for those guys because, like – you need, like, you need to have that on your side to get that national recognition. Maybe that's why you go to Alabama, because you get the recognition right from the jump because you, everyone's seen you play for the last couple of years. Yeah, they so, see you play in multiple gonna, playoff games every right, year. Right, exactly. And you're also going to get the cash oh. when you're in college there now. Oh, no doubt. Nick Saban is You were already playing. getting it. I yeah, knew but, you were going to say hey, that. <laughs> you're getting it above the table now, and sure. Nick Saban is more than happy to go into a room of Texas high school coaches and say, say my quarterback who hasn't started a game is pushing toward one million dollars in nil money that that was that was a really cool flex on nick saban's part to that audience and uh, it's going to get bigger and bigger the fame if you're an alabama crimson tide should i say zach they're your alabama crimson tide even though you didn't go there they're your crimson tide my my his team was crimson (laughs) crimson and gold baby uh my my patrick sertan my jerry judy and i mean i mean we're talking about him now and we talk about how sertan you know there's videos out there on twitter of him just absolutely shutting guys down it's a complete opposite when you talk about jerry judy no one can come close to shutting him down and it shouldn't be a surprise that he was an absolute stud today you know I didn't need to see him do it against other teams because if he's doing it against the Broncos secondary day in and day out of training camp well he's going to be able to do it against anyone else but he made worse cornerbacks just look absolutely sillier out there today Mace is that right he did, and and it's not like the Vikings are bad at corner. This is a team that that goes, 
you know, with a starting pair of uh, Patrick Pearson and Bashad Breland. So he's not beating chopped liver out there. He's beating some good, he he's beating some good quality corners. And that's, and that, that's the encouraging thing is that he's going up against these veterans who, who presumably seen good receivers, seen talented receivers and yet he's still making them look bad. I mean, Judy is just, he's so mesmerizing to watch because of the way he cuts. And guys, I love watching the little head bob that he does because he sells his, he sells his fake so well with the way he moves his head. It's, 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 it's amazing to watch what he can do in terms of how he gets cornerback after cornerback to, to flail, to, to go flailing because of, because he's able to, he's able to sell his fake so well. It's all the little things you, you go back and you watch, um, I believe it was against the Falcons last year where he had a nasty touchdown and mm-hmm. he's selling the fade and he even puts the hand up. Like I'm, I'm yep. open, I'm open deep, throw me deep. And you know, of course the corner puts his head down to try and keep up and he slams on the brakes, turns around, catches it. The corner's gone so by so far by him that he makes one move and he walks into the end zone. It's those little details which make all the difference. And to me, one of the most impressive parts about Jerry Judy is how well he absorbs coaching. Like that's coaching mm-hmm. you know, those are the things they're telling you how to sell routes, how to use your eyes to make the corner think you're going one way or the other. Yeah. He's otherworldly in terms of taking all of those things and then putting them into practice. Well, and yeah. on top of it, he does, he does absolutely, he does it with every part of his body. Mace, you mentioned the head also just look at his feet and his legs. I mean, you had, Teddy Bridgewater after practice saying that guy doesn't have ACLs because of the way his <laughs> knees move and they Touch bend unhumanly. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. Uh, and, and and it's so true. Go go look at the Broncos social channel. They have a, a slow-mo video of, of, uh, of Jerry just getting open, wide open on a slant route and his, his legs are going left. Everything's going left and the rest of his body is exploding right. And it's just, it's uncoverable. And that's why, guys, he's open 95% of the time he runs a route in, in the practices I've seen, which is all against the Broncos' incredibly good cornerback room. Craziest part about Jerry Judy, his over-under on catches right now at DraftKings Sportsbook, set at 65 and a half. You like, can't hit the over on Jerry enough. <laughs> I, like, I'm thinking like 90 Yes, yes, I think so, too. I mean, he's the Broncos' number one receiver. Yeah, so uh, speaking of DraftKings Sportsbook, they've got some awesome deals going on right now, uh, including if you bet $1 on any football market that is NFL or college, um, you will get $200 in free bets instantly in the form of eight $25 free bets. And I actually like that because sometimes you'll get the deal where they give you like one massive free bet and you have one chance to get it right. Uh, This one, they'll give you eight $25 free bets. It's a great deal, and you'll get it instantly as soon as you place $1 on any football market, including Jerry Judy over 65 and a half catches. That's like my lock of the century. Um, I feel incredibly confident in that. So uh, there is so much going on at DraftKings Sportsbook, including that deal and including the fact that if you use the code DNVR at sign-up, you can get a sign-up bonus up to $1,000. Of course, you must be 21 or older. Colorado-only bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match, each up to $500. A deposit bonus requires a 25x playthrough, and restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. 
Ryan, you mentioned Jerry Judy and what he could do in terms of the over-unders. You talk about Jerry Judy and what he can do in terms of fantasy value. Now, if you're playing in a, in a league with people that listen to us, well, you're probably well because he's going to go way too high. Not way too high. He's just going to go high. But Kenneth here in our comments says, Judy's ADP in fantasy mock drafts is somewhere around round 10. That is just incredible value in my opinion. And speaking of fantasy, if you want to hold your fantasy draft at the dnvr bar we've got an incredible deal if you hold your fantasy draft at the bar and you have 10 of your friends with you you will not just get one pitcher of breck brew you'll get two free pitchers of beer one breck brew of your choice and one uh draft beer of your choice and a pitcher i mean come on guys there's no better place to have a party than at the dnvr bar and then especially when you're getting two free pitchers of beer so make sure to sign up email gm at the dnvr bar.com to get that set up and get those free pitchers your way. It's just such an awesome environment as well. And of course, become a member with us. And when you're at the bar, you'll get a member size beer, which is a 22-ounce beer for the price of a 16-ounce beer over at DDNVR. And then also sign up right now on our training camp special where you'll pay under $60 for our membership for a year, and you'll get a gift card for over $60, and you can use that gift card on the hats we just released right now, and boy, are they something special. These hats are so fire, as kids would say right now. So make sure to check out everything we've got going at, oh, at on over the dnvr.com. You don't They've say the fire. fire. They've yeah. moved past fire. It's actually gas now. Yeah, and, oh, and the other thing, okay. you don't say fire. I mean, you, if you're doing it on social media, use the fire emoji. Oh, because that can, that can be yeah, gas as Dad. well. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Right. I, I, I don't say the fire. But you know what? You talk, about, uh, the, you talk about getting the member beers, and you want to get a member beer with our friends over at Breck, Breckenridge Brewery. By the way, are those beer towers for real? I mean, I saw the, the, what you put up last night, RK. What's crazy are they, about them is yeah. they are very large. Yes. Um, over 100 ounces of beer in those towers for 15 bucks. Wow. That. And you can get Breckenridge Brew beer in those towers, right? Yes, that won't be 15 bucks. But okay. uh, yeah, you, <laughs> right. you can get those towers set up. Um, but yeah, we, 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 were, we were putting them down last night. Um, and it's really fun. Like, so I saw all sorts of people telling me different reasons why they're not dope we didn't run into any of those problems. Some people said, well, it's going to get warm. No, there's a chamber of ice that goes down the middle of it that keeps it cold. (laughs) Someone else said it's going to get flat in an hour. I was like, you're going to take an hour to finish this. It took us about 20 minutes. So um, (laughs) I wouldn't know what happens to it after an hour, but uh, it's actually, they're fun. Uh, You don't have to keep going back and forth to the bar. Uh, It creates a spectacle at your table. They're great. A strawberry sky tower sounds amazing. Yes. Right now, sounds amazing to me. You know, and you know, we love our Breck beers and our our hard seltzers. But what we also love is the fact that this summer, Breckenridge Brewery is teaming up with the National Parks Conservation Association. Because last year, of course, you know about the tragic fires in Colorado; they were devastating for so many. So this is one of the many reasons why Breck is donating one percent of all profits this summer to the National Parks Conservation Association. So if you get that beer tower filled with Strawberry Sky, filled with the Avalanche Ale. Filled, you know, filled with that vanilla porter. You're going to be a little bit of that money. It's going to be helping our great outdoors. Also, make sure you check out the chance to win a free $30,000 escape pod trailer 
from our friends over at Breckenridge Brewery. What you do is go to breckbrew.com slash ingoodco. That's breckbrew.com slash ingoodco for more details and enter to win that $30,000 escape pod trailer. Good luck and make sure you tag us when you submit your entry to win Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNBR. All right, Mace, uh, we talked a little bit about players outside of the quarterbacks, but let's get a, a more of a wide view. What did you uh, what did you see out there today uh, aside from Teddy and Drew? Uh, well, you know, we mentioned Jerry Judy as well. Cortland Sutton, I know his name came up in, in the comments a little bit, and it was an okay day. He had a really nice catch early in 7-on-7 seven seven and tipped the cap to Drew Locke. Double, double coverage, a perfectly placed ball near the sideline, gave Cortland Sutton a chance for a great sideline toe-tapping catch. But then later on in, in practice, they had a brief little two-minute drill period, and Drew looks for Cortland Sutton on a, on a short cross after kind of taking his time and waiting. No one was open, and Sutton dropped the ball. And then you, next thing you know, you see Sutton over on the sidelines doing a bunch of push-ups. So kind of an up-and-down day for Cortland Sutton as a result. Jerry Judy had a good day, particularly when working with Teddy Bridgewater. Or not Jerry Judy, Ted, KJ Hamler. Sorry, I got my second-year receivers mis- mixed up. K.J. Hamler, a couple of plays that jumped out to him for him from Bridgewater. Number one, there was a play where Teddy hits him about 20 yards down the field. He's running it out toward the sideline. It's not a great throw by Bridgewater, but it kind of floats up a little bit, and that gives K.J. Hamler a chance to adjust, dive, and make the grab. A nice athletic play by K.J. Hamler. And another play, and this one was more letter perfect, was Teddy finding K.J. Hamler down the seam in the red zone for a 15-yard touchdown pass. Uh, It's the kind of route that actually we don't see a lot of from K.J. Hamler. So anything that makes him a little more diverse in terms of the type of receiver he's going to be, that's a positive thing. And it looked like just Teddy and K.J. seem to be on the same page today. That's great. I mean, K.J. is like the great X factor, right? Um, And it's so easy for us to... Put him, I guess, put him by the wayside because we don't. I, I can, I guess, I can only speak for myself. I don't trust him to be out there. Um, there's just been so many issues with him in his short-lived career so far that I, I don't want to let myself start to count on him being a big contributor in the offense. If somehow, some way, he reigns healthy all year, I'll touch wood for him. Um, that is going to be an absolute game changer for this Broncos offense. He's fast. He runs, he runs great routes. He can be a gimmicky player in terms of screens end arounds, line him up in the backfield. I wish they would be that creative, but if, if they actually have him out there, he can be an absolute game changer for this offense. And you know, what's really interesting about that, Ryan, is that's pretty much what Vic Fangio said in different words today, just mm-hmm. about, yeah, he's got the speed, he's got the quickness, he's got the elusiveness that we saw when we drafted him out of Penn State. That stuff is real, but the word he used was we got to see him practice in clumps, and and, and we mm-hmm. need to see him practice uh, uh, many times in a row, and he said he's doing a good job of that right now. Now, obviously, we know last week he missed the day because of a COVID scare, didn't have it. Uh, it's unfortunate that that happened to happen with him because everyone, their mind goes in, in very different places when you hear KJ's missing a practice, but we need to see the consistency, and it's not just in practices now. It's putting games together, mini games together, and you're right. Right now, that's his biggest concern. He's, he's a, a great 
great funny guy in the locker room. He seems to be that that explosion that they need. But it's it's a show me now. I need I need to see him mm-hmm. not have four hamstring injuries in one year like he had last year. Yeah, and they're the thing that Vic said in the course earlier in camp was we've got to do a good job of keeping him healthy. And so he's been on a different protocol, maybe a more conservative protocol than you would see for other players. But uh, anytime that he does get those clumps, like you, like you said, Zach, it's a po- it's a positive sign, but how do you turn those clumps into bigger clumps into, into what's, what's longer than a clump, a cluster. I mean, how, how do you turn those three day clumps into like four week clusters where you're not worried about, about him being hurt? Because if the, the fear is if he has another hamstring issue, it, it feels like you're back to square one with him. So as much as you like it, when he has a good day, you're all, you're always kind of on edge wondering, okay, when is the other shoe going to drop here? Yeah, it's really unfortunate. I, I really wish it wasn't that way with KJ. And I hope that, you know, we just eventually get to a point where we can just put that behind us. We're not there yet. All right, a couple of people that are being brought up in the comments here, Mace. Uh, mm-hmm. How did Noah Fant look today? Noah Fant had a, had a good solid day. He had a touchdown in red zone that got wiped off because of a holding penalty uh, back in the backfield. It was a play where uh, kind of a little bit of a jailbreak for the offensive line dealing with pressure would have probably been a sack under game conditions, but Drew did throw a nice ball, even though the play was allowed to continue and did hit Noah Fant. And Teddy had a nice, had a nice pass to Noah Fant as well. It was a little different, of course, because when Drew gets it to Noah Fant in the end zone, in the red zone, it's going to have some zip on it. When Teddy hit Noah Fant, it was that it was basically Noah doing a nice job finding a gap in the zone, about 15 yards downfield toward the right sideline and Teddy kind of dropping it in there. So Noah Fant, not a spectacular day as Jerry Judy, but a good day. Uh, how about Justin Sternod? I know we've got a story about him on the website. Yes, yeah, Sternod. Uh, I can't really. I didn't really notice anything specifically from him because defense was on the far field from where I was, so nothing he did jumped out. Now he was a he was a key talking point after practice when Vic Fangio was asked about him because he's still working with the first team as Josie Jewell was still sidelined. And, you know, Fangio seems pretty optimistic about Stranod, but keeps saying, okay, he needs to do more. And I asked him kind of, I said, okay, Vic kind of specifically, what do you want to see? Where do you want to see Justin Stranod kind of take the next step and continue to improve? And he basically said kind of all over. Now, that being said, we're here a week into padded practices and they're still putting Justin Stranod out there with the once. And I think that's very telling as well, because if he was not able to handle things physically in the box, once pads got on and the physicality went up, I think you would have seen them rotate some other guys in there, but they basically said, as long as Joseph Jewell is out, Stranod's the guy and yeah. he's getting all these reps. And he's like really low key Vicks re- guy. Yes. Yeah, and what's what's really spotlighted that and shown that is when they go to dime and only one linebacker is on the field, sometimes it is Alexander Johnson, but a lot of the time it is Justin Sternod, and I think Vic's ideal defense is Justin Sternod as the sole linebacker mm-hmm. on the field with Patrick Sertan there, and you kind of have, depending on where guys are lining up, Patrick Sertan almost looks like he's playing a linebacker spot at times, and he doesn't look that out of place. I mean, you you, you have a, a Justin Sternod, 6'3", 235. You have Patrick Sertan, 6'2", 
205. So yeah, I mean, he, he certainly doesn't have the weight there, but I mean, he doesn't look that out of place there. And then of course, if they motion someone out or, or something, well, Sertan, he, he can easily go out there. Remember yes. last week with a uh, Sertan, they actually brought him on a corner blitz and that was kind of a struggle moment for Drew because he failed to identify. Sertan as the corner blitzer, and that led to an incompletion. So they've shown a willingness to do that. And if that's going to work, if that package is going to work, you have to have the element of being able to send Stranod or Sertan on an occasional blitz just to keep the opposing blocking scheme honest. And if that works out and they can be productive there, then it enhances all sorts of possibilities for that sub package. That's the number one thing I'm going to be looking for on Saturday. Mm -hmm. is what is the deep and maybe they just go base because it's the preseason but i just want to see what is the what is the personnel packages they're throwing out there on defense that they really want to work on um i wouldn't be surprised if fangio just runs like a base three four and just says we don't we're not showing anyone anything expect vanilla but i just want to see like do they try out justin sternod and patrick sertan being you know uh, pseudo linebackers out there because even justin is pretty small for that Mm -hmm. role you know like he he could be a big safety, uh, potentially. Um, so it's – I just want to look at that, and if it's not this week or next week or the week after that, I'll be, it'll be the first thing I'm looking for week one is just what exactly is Vic Fangio <laughs> dreaming of here? Like, I, we've talked a lot about dime. You can't, like, you can't live in dime or you're gonna, their teams are going to run on you, but is it, okay, you, once you get to second and ten, you're throwing dime out there or obviously mm-hmm. on, you know, obvious passing situations, third and long – um, I'm, I'm very interested because I think that, you know, there's been a lot of hand wringing about, um, the pick of Pat Sertan and, and I'm in that camp as well until proven otherwise, but there's part of me that thinks that Vic Fangio and George Payton looked at this guy and said, he is the perfect piece to this different defense that I've been wanting to run. And as much as we don't talk, as much as we complain, especially me about lack of creativity on offense, well, maybe we get to see them get really creative on defense and that makes up for it a little bit. And I think they're going to, I think when George Payton went out and after he had signed Ronald Darby, after he had signed Kyle Fuller, he went out and got Pat Sertan. I think that was saying we have to be creative here. We have to get these guys on the field. And that was kind of a big question mark we had coming into training camp was, are they going to? And to a big relief, guys, we haven't had to talk about that. Because if that was something we were talking about, that would be a massive mistake. But they're smart guys, and they are making that happen pretty much all the time, which is very encouraging. I love seeing it because what you're saying is this is our commitment to get the best players on the field. Pat Sertan mm-hmm. is, one of, is one of the best defensive players on this team, and for him to be playing only 40 35% of the snaps because that's what the package is dictated if you weren't creative, that'd be malpractice. I, imagine what these guys – coaching-wise, could have done with Isaiah Simmons. Because remember down in in Arizona, they were struggling to find ways to get him on the field. I think they would have found a way, Vic Fangio and Ed Dante would have found a way to get Isaiah Simmons on the field for 90% of the snaps if they had somebody like him. They're just more creative in that regard. Yeah, So, and that's exciting. 
So Mace, yeah. I, I I have to know more in depth about this final two minute drill. What happened? How it went down? Because we know that those are really important during joint practices. Mm-hmm. Probably even more important. And we know how it ended. But what what led up to those? Where were they starting? Can you set the scene for us? They were back at the twenty five yard line. Now the angle I had, I did not see the clock because I was watching from behind one end zone because there's like they're like okay. It's, coming to the end of the last period everyone needs to get moving so we can be in position for post-practice press conferences and all that but they're back at the 25 and start off with teddy having a couple of short completions kind of getting him upfield and then he and then he and then he delivers a strike now again i i can't emphasize this enough there's a decent chance that this would have been a throwaway or a sack in game conditions because you had the a gap rusher who was free and he literally like puts his hands up like this to avoid colliding with Teddy. And I was surprised when they could, when the coaches conferred after the, the 51 yard pass to Judy, I was surprised that they let it stand. And I was, that's why I was a little delayed in putting the tweet out there. Cause I thought, are they going to just blow the, you know, cause it just seemed like this would have been a sack, but they let it, they did let it stand. So not, I mean, nice lineman sh- beside himself when they did that <laughs> a little bit, you could see some of the Vikings. They looked a little frustrated thinking like, what do we have to do? What do we have to do here? But it was, but, it was a good play. If you can just get the protection to be a little, to be better there and prevent that free rusher from happening, then this is, this is a type of the thing that was positive. The Teddy was accurate on to his credit was accurate on that drive. And then for drew Locke, he's working with twos and against twos, which has its advantages and its disadvantages. And my angle on the play to end an interception, it was just looked like he was just trying, he was trying to trying to get it into a tight window and it just popped up. And then it's just any, anybody's ball to have. And it ended in an interception. I mean, he certainly not an interception where like, where you're just like, what are you doing? Like the one he had last week that Justin Simmons picked off and no one else was around when they were in third down, that was a, what you were, what are you doing? Pick this wasn't like that, but still not the way he wanted to end the day. Mace, how about this? Our guy, Zach Castro here with the uh, wow. Super Chat. Mace, get your favorite Minnesota meal. Tipping my hat to you for the grind of Hall of Fame coverage right into Minnesota coverage. Appreciate you. Maybe you can find an illegal pizza. Zachary, my goodness. I mean, thank you very much. I mean, I actually got some, I actually got some recommendations today on a couple of places. Have you guys heard of the Juicy Lucy? Which is the oh, uh, yes. the hamburger? What's got that's got the cheese bake cooked in? So I've got a couple Ooh. of spots and uh, probably sound. It's pro- probably not going to be able to make it timing wise before lunchtime on Friday. But uh, that's going to be my big Minnesota meal. Is a is a, probably going to be a juicy Lucy involved and uh, and also probably at uh, Target Field on Friday night. Treat myself to some walleye on a stick. There's a concession stand <laughs> that has deep fried walleye on a stick, kind of like a state fair type of thing. But I mean, you know, when in Rome, when, when in Minnesota, right? You're going to do as the locals do here. So wait, I got I to gotta ask walleye. That's a fish, fish, fish. Oh, so deep fried fish. That doesn't, that doesn't sound like that state fairy. That sounds, you know, like well, a, in well, Minnesota, it is. <laughs> Minnesota. I mean, where do we find walleye? Many other places other than the Upper Midwest, though. That's like a Minnesota State mm. Fair thing. And also, the whole thing of a State Fair is anything on a stick, right? Like, yes. like a right, cor- right. like corn dog. But I mean, I've had deep fried Kool Aid on a stick at a State Fair. 
<laughs> what How was does it that happen? In? Okay, what they did, it was in Florida, and basically it's it's fl- the balls of flour that they douse in Kool-Aid. So it's wow. the flour that allows you to get the the solid texture, right. and then they just have Kool Aid mix and sugar, and that's it. When I pass by the stand, I'm like, "This is this is too bonkers for me not to try," but yeah. it, it was okay. It wasn't yeah. great. I'll take the walleye <laughs> on a stick anytime. All right, Mace. Any last uh, observations from practice today before we let you go get to a uh, juicy Lucy in? Oh well, you know I. I'd be remiss if I did not mention, I know I talked about the defense earlier, but every time I looked over, they were generating pressure on Kirk Cousins. I mean, this really was starting up front with, with the defensive line, with the edge rushers. And that is comforting to see that the same type of pressure that we've seen consistently in practice in Denver is making the transition going against some against somebody else. It's not just a function of Vaughn Miller and Bradley Chubb and Draymond Jones knowing who they're going against. It's just that they are doing that well. So you can't you, 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 even though we're obviously offensive centric because we're focused on the quarterback competition, we kind of have to be right now. The defense is the defense is legit, and it was not it was not a fun day for Kirk Cousins and company over on that far field. There, there were very, there were every time I looked up, you had blank, the same kind of blanket coverage that we've seen. Not really. There weren't, oh, there weren't big windows for Kirk Cousins and Kellen Mond and, and Browning to throw to. And that, and, and that I think just underscores how legit this defense is. And it's why if I were Vic Fangio, I'd go focus on the offense for a day because the D looks like it's good. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe the Broncos defense can request that uh, Vic or that uh, Kirk Cousins brings his plexiglass case out to the practice field since they're getting so close to him all day. <laughs> yeah, and and hope and you know what? I hope the offense does better tomorrow. I hope we're t- I hope we're talking about both both Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater having good days rather than talking about the turnovers and uh, what they were missing today. That 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 I think is going to make us feel a heck of a lot better. All right, we are going to flip this over to the podcast side of things. I saw some of you guys asking questions. You were bummed we didn't get to them. We can't always get to the questions in the first half of the show, but we always get to them on the podcast side of things. So if you want to leave a question for the podcast side of things, you can do it at thednvr.com. Go into the podcast section and go into uh, the comment section there. You can leave all of your questions and comments in there, and we always get to those at the end. So. With that being said, that's going to wrap it up. Hit us with a like on your way out. You can always subscribe to our channel and sign up for alerts. But for now, that wraps up the live. We will see you guys on the podcast side. And before we jump into the comment section, Ryan, got to tell you guys about our friends over at Solace Meds who have four convenient Colorado locations, one in Fort Collins, one in Wheat Ridge, one off Broadway, and one just blocks away from us on East Colfax from the DNVR bar. And they've got some smoking hot deals. Yeah, smoking hot deals for the month of August. They've got Dixie Elixirs, two for $30. They've got Spectra, 20% off. They've got Ripple, 25% off. They've got Silver Shelf Flower, 15% off. Connoisseur sewer shelf concentrates 15% off and here's the kicker you get those deals plus 20% off if you use the code dnvr20 over at solace meds and of course if you can't make it into their store go to solacemeds.com that's s-o-l-a-c-e meds.com and smash that code dnvr20 to get 20% off plus all of those other great deals and when you go to the wheat ridge store you'll get a free solace bar or king cone when you use that code as well so dnvr20 over at solacemeds.com got to give a shout out to manscaped 
it's the dead heat of the summer right now. And I'm telling you, if you're leaving the house without using the crop preserver, uh, you're just not doing it right. Uh, you're, Good luck. Yeah, you're, you're, you're dancing with the devil. Uh, <laughs> just leaving the house unpreserved. Uh, you got to have it. You'll, it. It'll make you more comfortable. It'll make the people around you more comfortable, most likely. And uh, you're going to be feeling great. Also, of course, the, uh, perf- uh, the Perfect Package 4.0, or what's it called? The Performance Package 4.0 comes with that. It also comes with the Lawnmower 4.0 and all of their other products. This stuff is top of the line. I've never even seen anyone try to create products like this, but theirs are definitely the best. The other one that is new to me this summer is the Crop Mop, which is if you're on the go, let's say you're going to the golf course, you might want just a little refresher. Uh, mid-round just you know freshen things up well you they just come in a little packet you got you got your little uh little towel there and you know you get freshened up so uh make sure you check out manscaped you're gonna love all this stuff it's one of those things that you normally wouldn't talk about and once you have it you're gonna realize you wish someone told you about it earlier i mean ryan you're talking about balls so it just makes me think of our friends over at ball company and of course they they're the name on ball arena they are the ones that are on the nuggets and abs uh stadium and here's something really cool that they're doing over at ball ryan they aren't just making hundreds of millions of can a billions of cans each year but one thing they're doing as well as they are hiring you They want to hire you, not you, Ryan. I'm not letting that happen, but they want to hire you. And they're an awesome place to work because they've been practicing diversity and inclusion for years while a lot of other companies just talk about it. And I can prove it. Their culture of belonging has been noticed by the Human Rights Campaign. They have a corporate equality index score of 100%. It is perfect. So regardless of what background you have, whatever you may be bringing to the table, they They want it over at ball. So here's how you get a job over at ball and add to their 400 person project line. Go to text golden to 77222 and you'll get hooked up with a position. And you can also just go online at jobs.ball.com and search for golden. That's G O L D E N or simply text golden to 77222 to find a position open at their plant in golden right here in Colorado, just about 20 minutes away from the DNVR bar. So make sure to check them out over at jobs.ball.com all right zach let's move on into the comment section talk to our trusty listeners and the first one here comes in from lionel hutz attorney at law gentlemen based off of zach's comments yesterday it seems that teddy is the coach's favorite quarterback at the moment let's assume for the moment that teddy is the week one starter barring an injury what circumstances would have to occur for Locke to become the starter at some point this season oh and one one and four two and one but bad qb play interested to hear your thoughts P.S., especially for Zach and Macy, the amount of asinine trolling and stupidity you have to put up with on Twitter is infuriating. I don't know how you do it, but props to you for not lashing out. I apparently don't possess the same restraint. It's so funny that he brings that up, Zach, because I don't know what it is. We have a similar amount of Twitter followers. You have since surpassed me, which I'm proud of you for. Um, But your comments are so much worse than mine. And mine annoy me enough. And then I just like go look at the responses to some of your tweets. I'm like, who are these people? And like, why is my following different than your following? And we have generally the same amount of followers. 
It is really weird. Why do I attract meaner people? And I'll tell you I what, though, to, to say that it doesn't get under my skin is certainly not true. I, I see it. Uh, and, and Lionel Hutz, I just, you know, I refrain because I know, here's what I know. If I respond, then their response is just going to make my blood boil even more. So you just got to stay away. Yeah, I mean, it's one of, like, I would say one of the more important skills of 2021 is just being able to let things go on the internet and like i am actually getting worse at it the older i get um like it which it seems like it would be the other way around right like the older you get the wiser you get and you just be but something about it i'm just like these people are so dumb i can't not i can't just let this go like i just want to dunk on them but i'm i would say i'm still in the top one percentile of people who can just say you know what this person doesn't deserve to even know that i read this yes you are i mean there's been one person in my i doubt he listens to the pod but if you do uh man he's been getting under my skin but haven't responded over this past week maybe hopefully i can stay strong (laughs) it's like uh, Uh, if you don't water the plant maybe it'll just die right exactly that's that's what i think about uh and so ryan what's it take let's say teddy starts what's it gonna take for drew to get in there Oh God, I don't know. I don't want to think about this scenario. Um, I think it's going to be something really ugly that we don't want to think about. I think it's going to come down to team success because if if the team is doing okay and Teddy's not doing well, I don't see the Broncos making a switch. I think if the Broncos are bad, then they'll say, well, shoot, let's just see if, if, if Drew's a gamer or they have already made a change at head coach and the new head coach comes in and either favors Drew or, you know, he's told by George Payton, let's get this kid out here to see what he can do. I think it's going to have to be a scenario none of us want to see. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's possible. I wow. think that if Teddy Bridgewater is the starter, the, the floor is high enough that it just won't get to that point. Yeah, I think the Broncos will just flirt around 500, lose one, win one, lose two, win two, all the way through the season. And, you know, there's a positive to that, Zach, because we haven't even seen the Broncos have a chance at anything since the one week when they won three in a row to get back to what was it six and six and under Vance yeah. Joseph and then they went and got their <laughs> yeah. doors blown off by a completely depleted 49ers team in which George Kittle ran around like he had an invisibility cloak to the Broncos defense throughout yeah. the entire first half that's the last time we even saw like a meaningful game in I guess that would have been week 12 or week 13 so How crazy is that yeah, it's rough, and obviously they lost that. They lost the next one, and it was over. Um, but if, I think that's a big positive to the scenario that I was just talking about. I think that if Teddy Bridgewater is the quarterback, this team is going to be in a position in week 10 where we can say, hey, if they rattle off three in a row here, they have a chance to get themselves into the playoff conversation. And I'm not saying that's not possible with Drew at, at all, but – I'm saying I think it's it's almost a likelihood if you start Teddy. Right, right. Yeah. And 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 on the flip side, if you start Drew, higher ceiling, lower floor. I, I totally see where you're coming from. You could from, start four and if Drew gets hot and you know something clicks for him. 
Yeah, it, without a doubt. Absolutely. I mean, there's only one game that would kind of be a surprise if if they uh, won in those first four. And it's a home game uh, against the Ravens. So not not yep. a crazy thing to say. Kind of weird that they start with two in a row on the road. It is very weird. Yeah. It, yeah. I mean, we're uh, not to give away too much, but we were planning some really cool stuff for the tailgates this year today. And I was like looking down, I'm like, oh, we're not even going to have we're not going to have a regular season game here at home until what is it? Late September. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, it's a, it just feels off. It does. It does. Something that doesn't feel off, though, it's Count Lockula chiming in. He says, my comrades, when guys get interviewed at the combine, does the NFL allow for questions such as, do you believe in things like science to be asked of the draft prospects? Just curious. Love the count. Well, I don't know if he's talking necessarily about the media or the league, but or, or the coaches and personnel. I would guess he's talking about the personnel. And if that's the case, then yeah, they're allowed to ask whatever the hell they want. And in fact, it seemingly every year we hear about some team that crossed the line. Uh, I specifically remember this one because it was a buff. Um, the it was Nick Casa who was a tight end at CU, actually from Colorado. And he said after the draft that he was asked, do you like guys? Uh, just wow. like straight up to his face. Wow. Um, and he was like, I was really caught off guard by that. So, yeah, if they can ask I things like that, so. they can ask things like, do you believe in science? What about media? Yeah, I mean, we can ask whatever we want to. Um, it's, it's a free for all out there. Right. The only difference is we're in a public forum. They're behind <laughs> closed doors. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> So uh, if someone, I, I don't think you'd necessarily get dragged on Twitter for asking someone like, do you believe in science? It would be a weird question. It oh, would be. You'd get the dragged if you ask them, do you like guys? Oh my God. Yeah. As, as you should, you should get dragged for right. that. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Number one, none of your business. <laughs> right. Two, why do you care? Exactly. Number three, it shouldn't matter. Right. Exactly. Next, next one coming in from Dan Burke. Hey guys, Zach, I think you're selling Draymond Jones short with that seven and a half sack projection. <laughs> Last year, he had six and a half starting only eight games with no Vaughn, a secondary that was full of holes and no complimentary offense to give him leads. The one thing that could work against him is that there isn't expected to be a better rotation this year, but consider, or there is expected to be a better rotation this year, but considering Draymond is now projected as a starter and his snaps shouldn't be affected. So this year he's a projected starter. We'll hopefully have Von and Chubb healthy and a much improved secondary. I know sacks are harder to get from the interior and sacks aren't everything, but anything less than nine sacks will be disappointing for Draymond. In my opinion, what do y'all think? Wow. Well, Dan, this is exactly the path I didn't want to go. And that's why I said seven and a half. That was not a ceiling for him. What I didn't want to do is everyone's talking about how good Draymond is going to be this year. And it, me included, I, I believe that as well. He earlier this off season said 10 sacks is what he wants to get at. I don't think it's fair to put double digit sacks on uh, expectations on an interior off or defensive lineman outside of Aaron Donald. That's just how tough they are to get. I think Draymond can absolutely get 10 sacks, but I don't want to put that expectation on him, Ryan. And then if he gets seven and a half, it's viewed as a disappointment because seven and a half sacks from an interior defensive lineman is huge. What would be a fantastic season, but I also am not saying that's his ceiling. 
but it's it'd be crazy for him to get 10 in a good way. I just saw the video for the first time. I don't know if, if this has actually been circulating. Um, it just it, it was tweeted out by Nine News of Jerry Judy running a route on 24 of the Vikings. Does he just and, make him look foolish? Like, the term on skates has never <laughs> been more accurate than in this play. Like, the dude, almost like a, like a baby deer, like, he just doesn't know where to put his feet. Oh, it's man. <laughs> Perna just tweeted it out, and it is uh, – I could watch it all day. Like, as the play – as the route goes on, he just keeps on getting further and further away from the guy. Oh, my gosh. I gotta, I gotta I, check I, who twenty four is on the Vikings roster. Oh, you're gonna you're gonna do him like that, Ryan? Yeah, yeah, I'm absolutely gonna put him on blast right here on the show. Wow, um, that would be Mackenzie Alexander. Oh wow, how about that? Oh geez, oh no, oh Mackenzie, <laughs> oh he gets him like multiple times too. Oh yikes, right? yeah, you guys That's gotta what go. I mean, he's. He's legitimately on skates. Oh man, that is that is bad. And it's just another day at the office for Jerry as he runs by. Okay, so I was wrong. Um, he's currently listed as the third player at the uh, left cornerback position. Oh well, soon to be the fourth. Yeah, I thought oh, they've they've got some solid uh solid depth in the secondary. Oh, I mean, right. George, uh, the George Payton came from there. You know, you know, they love corners. Seriously, that's all. That's all <laughs> they want around here. Uh, Melbourne Bronco says, hey, guys, during the last comments, the YouTube comments were arguing over Teddy versus Drew. And it got me thinking. Locke fans would rather risk losing games, giving him another chance to shine while Teddy fans just want to win. I hope we can start three and zero, and everyone gets behind the QB or social media will be a war zone. Cheers. To me, it just comes down to this, Zach. Locke fans don't see a future with Teddy. Uh, and they're willing to take the bigger risk for the potential bigger reward. Whereas the Teddy supporters just want to see something that's consistent. Right. Yeah, I- I- exactly. You're, you're 100% right. And Ryan, are we going to have a situation where if Teddy wins, Drew fans aren't going to get behind Teddy and anytime he throws an incompletion, they're going to be they're They're going to act like that and vice versa as well. Yeah, I think they're obviously going to be rooting for him um, in most cases um, because they want to root for the Broncos. But absolutely, as soon as he does something wrong, they're going to jump all over him. Oh, man. Yeah, I, I, I'm right there with you, Melbourne Bronco. Let's hope for a good start for many reasons. Yeah, I mean, just we we all need to be freed from this, like, I mean, I, I, I used the word a long time ago, and it's still true. They're in quarterback, quarterback purgatory. Like yeah. they're just stuck here and we're all stuck with them. And eventually it's taking, it's wearing thin on people. And it's why people are mean on Twitter. It's why uh, people are arguing with each other and fighting with each other and calling people names. Like we should be better than that. But yeah. in the end, it just comes down to like, everyone is just sick of this. Yep. Yep. And you know, it's a third time in six years that we got this going on our hands, Ryan. Yep. Mrs. Quill. What a game! Uh, what game on the schedule where Denver is the underdog? Do you think they have the best chance of pulling off the upset? Mm, so I went through the schedule, and Ryan, tell me if you think the Broncos are going to be underdogs in these games at Pittsburgh. Yes, 
Happy yeah, I, I, I think so too. Um, uh, at on the road, I'm trying to find this, the second one uh, on the road in Las Vegas. At, uh, yes. Underdogs. And, uh, at home against Kansas City week 18. Heavy underdogs. Okay. Well, I think. Well, well. <laughs> exactly. The exact reason why you're going to say you think they might win that one is the exact reason why they might not be underdogs. Right. And so if they are underdogs and Mahomes isn't playing, then give me the Broncos there. Um, but also at Pittsburgh. I mean, I, I, I think the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to be good this year. Not great, not world beaters, but I think they'll be good. But we just saw Jeff Driscoll last year almost go in and beat the Steelers in an early game in the season in Pittsburgh. If Teddy or Drew is going to be better than Jeff Driscoll, no doubt about that. I don't think it's crazy that the Broncos win that game. I don't hate that. I'll give you one um, that you don't have to go far to find. Week one at Giants. Oh, my um, gosh. Are they underdogs uh, right now? Yeah, I think they'll be like uh, one and a half point underdogs. Maybe oh two point underdogs. Gosh. And well, I think that's they win an that easy one. one. Yeah, I think they might be uh, underdogs the next week as well at Jacksonville. Oh, my gosh. Holy cow. Just the, the lack of respect that uh, teams have or that the nation has for the Broncos <clears throat> blows my mind. If I'm if and obviously this changes if the Broncos start playing well, but if I'm looking, so they're favorites against the Jets for sure. Um, yeah. I don't think they'll be favorites at home against the Raiders. I think it'll be a, a pick 'em or uh, maybe they get a, a little bit. Um, they're not favorites at Browns. I don't think they're no. favorites at home against the football team. Not certainly favorites not Cowboys. favorites. Probably favorites. Cowboys. Yeah, probably favorites at home to the Eagles. Yep. Right now. Not favorites against the Chargers at home. Obviously not favorites at the Chief. Favorites against the Lions. Mm-hmm. Favorites against the Bengals. Likely. Maybe not. Not favorites at Raiders. Not favorites at Chargers. Not favorites against the Chiefs. So I, I counted four. Four games yeah. that I think they'd be favorites in if they set the lines right now. Yeah. And Ryan, that's four more than they were last year, though. So we'll take that as victory. <laughs> Moving in the right direction. And, and hey, all you got to do is go beat the... Uh, Let's say you go win the first two. Okay, well, now Vegas is saying, oh, we just, you know, we just uh, lost an underdog two times in a row. We're not going to let this happen again. They're already going to be favorites to the Jets, but maybe you get another home. If they start 3-0, and maybe it's not crazy to say they'll be slight favorites against the Ravens at home week four. Yeah, that, and then that boy, that would be so. That would mean that this season is going in the right direction, no doubt about that. Next one coming in from Onion Booty Bronco. Gentlemen, I'm warm-hearted to learn that our pizza bet is still on, Zach. If you win, I hope you enjoy the onions on your pizza. Will you have them caramelized or regular? I'd love me some caramelized onions. Caramelized onions, fun fact about me, maybe one of my favorite foods of all time. I could just eat a plate of caramelized onions, so you know that those those onions are going to be caramelized on that pizza. Do you have caramelized onions on pizza? Oh, my gosh. Absolutely. Yeah. I'll, I'll have I mean, caramelized onions on anything. Is, the only one I can think of is like a barbecue chicken pizza with caramelized right. onions. Right. Um, I've had yeah. that before. That's always good. Yeah. I actually – um, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say a lot of the time they are just aren't fully truly caramelized onions. They're just like cooked so much in, in the oven that they become a little bit like that. That's That's how you often have them. 
Yeah, I spent most of my life not liking onions, and I've done a, a complete 180 in my uh, in my uh, older years here. Um, I'm proud of like you. Grilled onions. Yeah, just the smell alone is enough. Yeah. Uh, to get you going. <laughs> I, I'm gonna I don't know what I'm having for dinner but I know there's gonna be some caramelized onions involved now <laughs> do you <laughs> caramelize them to... yourself oh yeah oh yeah what's your what's your strategy I tried it once and I screwed them up uh you, the thing then the annoying part about them is you just gotta go low and long for a really long time and uh so a lot of the time I mess them up because I just I do them too quick I mean you you, you smell them and you just turn it up because you want to eat them one of my buddies said the secret is uh, a little splash of Coca-Cola. No way. Yep. Because that's the sugar you need. Well, right, some... a little bit of sugar, a little bit of brown in there. I don't know if this is uh, a, a secret or if everyone knows this, but you do a little bit of oil and a little bit of butter. The combination makes it, uh, w- when you cook anything on the stove, it makes it like nearly impossible to burn. I don't oh. know why that is. Interesting. All right. Yeah. Cooking tips late, yeah. late here. Um, <laughs> he goes, he goes on and says two right. counterpoints to the idea that Fangio favors Teddy over drew one Fangio wants aggression. He fired skangs for the lack of it Two, Despite what a coach might tell the media, they 100% way of form a formal scrimmage over practice drew one by a significant margin. He has at least caught up to Teddy or surpassed him three drew keeps getting the first nods to start of training camp, the start of scrimmage and the first preseason game. If this is simply due to drew being the incumbent, Still, that's a respectable amount of respect. If the competition ended today, Drew would be the starter. Onion booty out. Love onion booty Bronco. Well, Ryan, you can clearly tell who he has in the pizza bet. Uh, And I actually, I think it's really smart the way Vic's playing it because I disagree with onion booty. Uh, If Vic were to be jumping around with, you know, okay, Drew gets the first start of OTAs. Teddy gets first start of training camp. Drew gets first start of the preseason and he's bouncing around. Then I think we would be learning something from these starts i don't think we're learning anything from drew getting the first start i think it's really smart that vic is keeping it drew gets first start in otas drew gets the first start in preseason drew gets the first start uh in in training camp i i I think it's really smart he's doing that something i didn't a take that i had that i didn't get a chance to say on the show where you talked about him being named the starter in the first weekend is if i were drew and i was given the choice I would have taken the Seattle game because they have a much worse pass defense. <laughs> yes, they do. Yes, they do. That's uh that's a great point. And it just sets up where maybe it's not fair at all, but Teddy does better against Seattle's ones than Drew does against Minnesota's ones. Yeah, man. I just I I obviously am kind of hoping Drew pulls this out and I really hope he goes out there and just shines um yeah. in, in those I don't know how many series he's going to get. Did, did Vic say what it was? Uh, he said, well, no, he didn't say, but it from piecing together what he said about a quarter and a half. Okay. So two to four possessions, obviously you, you'd prefer less actually, yeah. because that means you're moving the ball. Um, yeah. So I just, yeah. I mean, just go move the ball, make the right decisions, make a big play. I mean, how great would it be if, you can find Jerry Judy on a sluggo or something like that and really just get that that thing rolling, get some confidence. How about if he starts the first preseason game, the way he started the scrimmage and he goes down and just marches down the field against the Vikings first team defense for a 75 yard touchdown drive. It it, would be huge. Yep. And I think most everyone wants to see that. 
They should. And, and that they're whichever side you're on, the best thing for the Broncos is Drew turning into the guy. Yes, absolutely. It's really the only end game that currently exists, at least in terms of what we know. Yep, exactly. And speaking of end games, Ryan, final question here coming in from Kentucky UDFA says, okay, so I'm watching and rewatching this Judy clip from today where he torches a DB and what in the world does he do with his feet and legs right as he's cutting? I'm blown away. He's an absolute magician and whoever the quarterback is, is going to eat and eat a lot. Love y'all go Broncos and go cats. So it, which clip is this Zach? How do I find this one? It is so Broncos social not only has it once they have it in slow-mo just because of how much he absolutely cooked him. And that's where I'm talking about his legs going left as his body is exploding. Right. And you know, the defensive back, uh, I believe it's number 24. Again, you know <laughs> that he knows that Jerry Judy is going to put a couple moves on. So he doesn't bite on the first move until he's literally on the next move. And then he's, he's going right. Jerry Judy's going left. It's, it's tough. It's a tough scene. Oh my God. <laughs> what is happening? You, maybe Mackenzie Alexander will be a little sick tomorrow. You know, Mackenzie Alexander was in position and then he finally thought he was going the wrong way. That's, that's what I'm saying. He didn't bite on it at first because he knew he, he, he was like, Jerry's going to do something. I'm not biting on it. Not by, and then he's like, okay, he's, he's not doing anything. And then boom. It's almost <laughs> like, it's like a, like you're in the, the sand lot and you're just saying like, just do whatever you have to do to get open. You know, <laughs> so right. as soon as he yeah. bites, you go back the other way. <laughs> yeah, Exactly. <laughs> It always worked in the sandlot. Wonder why they never tried that in like a two minute drill. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, he's, he's incredible. Um, my, my fingers are just crossed that the drops and I'll touch wood, the drops don't just bite him again. Cause if not, he's yep. going to have an insane season. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, he's going to, and I really, I mean, I think we're talking two drops and 12 practices. That'll do. Yes, I'm going to refrain from uh, overreacting to these one-on-one -on -one drills because I once did that, um, and it resulted in me saying, like, um, Kyle Fuller was Emmanuel Sanders' son. <laughs> and now Kyle Fuller's on the Broncos. <laughs> uh, oh, but, man, that was fun when you did. It was fun. And, I mean, Emmanuel legitimately ate him alive that day, like made him fall down at least once. <laughs> yep he did he did was... and emmanuel was thrilled after practice yes he he repeated my quote <laughs> yes to he the did. rest of the media <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right before we get out of here i want to give a shout out to green mountain dental uh, where you can get a cleaning x-ray and exam and end up with a free sonicare toothbrush it's an amazing deal and they're an amazing family down there they loved dnvr they love all the colorado teams uh, and it's a true family dentistry where they are going to treat you like family. Uh, they'll send you a card. They're going to call you. It's a, uh, it's a great experience for a not so great experience, which normally is going to the dentist, but they do it right over there at Green Mountain Dental Group. So hit them up and uh, support them because they've supported us for a long time. For Zach and I, that's going to wrap it up in what might be the latest concluding non-game day pod ever. Yeah, very well. Maybe late nights. And we'll be back at the same time tomorrow, so we'll catch you guys later. How long's it been since?
truck and took a country drive. Don't